peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? coming here and sharing my thoughts with you daily through my Bible study. But man, sometimes doing this and going through technical difficulties when it comes to recording, it can be a headache. And I say this every time I have technical difficulties, but I want to say it again. I have a lot of respect for people who are in video production, video editing, and I'm also glad that I don't do this live. That would be nerve wracking. It would be really nerve wracking because you can do audio checks. You can check 15, 20 times. And then right when you go to record, you start having issues. And that's happened to me like three times today. And I've had to record, delete, try again, troubleshoot. It's been something. Anyway, I know you probably don't care about that. Genesis chapter 30. Let's get into this. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And that's kind of it's kind of extreme. She's saying, if you don't give me children, I am going to die. Now, first of all, this is irrational. And oftentimes this is what envy and anger will do to you. When you read these, when you read these Bible accounts, I don't know if you do this. I'm, I'm starting to do this now and it's real helpful I try to remember and keep in mind that these things actually happen. This is not a fable. This is not some made up fairy tale story. These are people's lives. This is the the story of uh, God's move of mercy and plan for redemption of men. The Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And within that context, within all of that, we see the sin of man the fall of man. We see how people sinned after the fall. We see the mistakes people made. We see the problems they had. We see the inner turmoil they had in families and relationships. And when I think about it that way, it makes what's going on more applicable to my own life. And as I was reading this and seeing what Rachel said to Jacob, I'm like, it really Something like this could stress a person out like she's literally telling Jacob, if you don't provide me with children, I'm going to die. Her envy and her anger really made her irrational. And she was really focusing in the wrong place when she did that. In verse two, and Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, am I? In God's stead, who hath withheld from thee 
the fruit of, of the womb. And this is what anger does. What anger and envy does is it makes you irrational. And in this instant, she's ascribing something to Jacob that he has no power or control over. That is supremely irrational. In the book of uh, Psalm, I'm going to go there. The book of Psalms, chapter 113. And verses seven through eight, the Bible says, talking about God, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people and maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be joyful and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. These are things that God is in control of. And Rachel has so much envy. And I'm sure that envy um, swelled up with a little bit of, of rage and anger in there. She's blaming Jacob for something he has no control over. And he's like, wait a minute. Am, am I God? Do I have God's power? Am I the one that that shuts up and opens wombs like this is nuts. And here's where irrational thoughts lead you to irrational choices. And she said, behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her and she shall bear upon my knees that I may also have children by her. Who gave Rachel the authority to offer Bilhah to Jacob? Who told her this is what she should do? Did she get instructions from God to do this? No. Did God appear to her in some vision or some dream telling her to do this? No. What you got to remember when you read these accounts is these are real people doing real things, making mistakes. We're, we're, and this is what I love about about how God inspired his word. He didn't leave out people's mistakes. He didn't leave out people's faults. And sometimes I, I wonder and I think to myself, well, why not just only cover good things? Why cover the faults as well? Well, the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I, I think that we are supposed to read these things and several things. One, the Bible as a complete thematic book is about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said himself, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And there they which testify of me talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees who misunderstood just about everything they read in the Bible. They knew the Bible. They could quote the Bible, but that wasn't helping them none. And I also think sometimes when we when we read a lot of these things in the Bible that we should really be more introspective. Right. Instead of like, I don't read this and think, man, well, this person has this problem and this person has this problem and this person has this problem. I read these things and I think, man, I am wicked and I definitely need God's help because in seeing what other people have done, I get a reflection and I see what I've done myself. That's just me, though. Maybe you see something else. But Rachel assumed authority that she didn't have in offering 
uh, Bilhah to Jacob. And we've seen this play out, this, this very similar and same thing play out in, in other places um, with, within, within the Bible. And I think I'm um, what, verse three. And he said, behold, and she said, behold, my maid Bilhah going unto her and she shall bear me, uh, bear upon mine, uh, bear upon my knees that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid to wife and Jacob went in unto her and Bilhah conceived and bare Jacob a son. So he sleeps with Bilhah. Bilhah has a son. You know, she gets pregnant, has a son. And verse six, and Rachel said, God hath judged me and hath also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore, calls she his name, Dan. Now, here's something that that I want to say, especially reading this verse. God is sovereign. No matter what you do or don't do, God's will will be done. Neither me nor you have the power nor ability to undo and unravel God's will. His will will be done. I always say you will be in the way or in the way. What what happens with Rachel here is two things. One, she says, God, God has judged me because my womb was closed. All right. Okay. I can, I can, I can rock with you there. I can see where you're going. Then she says, he also heard my voice and hath given me a son. Therefore calls she his name Dan. Now, this is a bit of a a tricky situation, right? Especially when it comes to dealing with God's sovereignty. Well, I don't think it's really tricky. I think the way we understand things sometimes, most times is wrong. God is going to work. God's work is not going to be thwarted. But she ascribes something to God that as I was reading this, I was like, but did God tell you to do this, though? Now, God's will will be done. You won't undo. You won't unravel God's plan. But did God tell you to do this? And I think that's a dangerous position that that she's in here ascribing something to God that I don't I don't think God gave her the unction to do this. Now, she did it and God's will is worked out regardless of her. But I don't think she can necessarily ascribe giving Bilhah to Jacob on God. And she called his name Dan. That name Dan um, means a judge. That's what it means. And where am I going? Verse uh, verse seven. And Bilhah, Rachel's maid, conceived again. And bear Jacob a son. And Rachel said, With great wrestling have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed. And she called his name Naphtali. Now, that name Naphtali means to struggle or wrestle. Again, so something I'm sure that people probably think, I don't know about you, but I think this. And again, This is my Bible study. So these are my raw thoughts. These are not necessarily conclusive thoughts. That's why sometimes you'll see some things open ended because this is literally what I'm thinking as I study my Bible. I do not have all the answers. But sometimes I know people read things in the Bible 
and they mistake they mistake God's allowance as God's approval. And here's what I mean by that. You have kids. Sometimes your kids do certain things that you don't necessarily like, nor did you authorize. But some things you might give a pass. Right? Giving it a pass doesn't mean, yes, this is what I want you to do. It's just some things that you give a pass. I'll show you an example of, of what I mean. If you go to the book of Matthew chapter 19, we're going to read verses one down through verse nine. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And a great multitude followed him and he held them there. And the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. And he said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh where, uh, what therefore God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to what he says to them next. They said unto him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness, uh, because of the hardness of your hearts. Let me read that again. And he said unto them, Moses because of the hardness of your hearts. Let me read it one more time in case you didn't catch that. And he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, it and shall marry another committeth adultery and whoso marrieth her, which is put away, doth commit adultery. And the, the reason I read that is to show you that God allowed this. But this is not the way it's supposed to be, but God allowed it. And I think sometimes, especially um, when when reading especially reading the Old Testament, you can really get into this mental conundrum where you see things happen and you think to yourself, well, I guess this is something we can do. This is why you have to take the Bible in its totality, right? You have to look at, you have to look at things that people do. And then you have to say, okay, what does the Bible teach doctrinally about this issue before I jump out the window and say, Hey, let me go do this, right? Like, we're reading about these men taking different wives and concubines. But should men have multiple wives? 
That's an argument that 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 many people have have mulled over. And I'll say this about that. I'm not going to give you any answer that's probably going to be definitive enough for any of you listening. These are just my thoughts through the Bible, as I always say. When the when the qualifications was given for a bishop, pastor, preacher in the New Testament, the Bible says the husband of one wife. Now, some people look at that and they say, well, that just means uh, this person couldn't have been divorced, which I agree with. I also think that that verse literally means what it says. The husband of one wife. Back back in that time, people had wives and concubines. This was a thing. But for some reason. When looking into the office of a preacher, a pastor, a bishop, the Bible gave some specific things. You had to be blameless. That doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But one of those stipulations in being blameless is the husband of one wife. Why was that such a big deal? Yes, in the Old Testament, God allowed these men to have multiple wives and concubines. I do not think it is wise to assume because God allowed that, that is something that should be done. And this is something that's done often. We see something in the Bible that's allowed and we just make that a, a blanket thing for everyone. Well, God allowed this so we can do it. Not so fast. Not so fast. I wouldn't necessarily come to that conclusion if I was you. I would read my Bible, see what the Bible actually teaches about an issue, take the Bible in its totality and make a biblically wise decision. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.